for once in my life, I could say, you know what, Julie, rather than sit and complain and ask, hey, where's the help? Where's the help? I'm going to be the change. iHeartRadio, Black Excellence. Hey! Wagwan, sis. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Um, it's surreal. It's very surreal. Yeah. It's very, very, very surreal. I'm feeling, uh, I feel good. I have peace. There's no trepidation. I feel great about my decision. There wasn't any sort of big, like, I'm a dude. There's no, there's no, like, super premeditated anything. So, yeah, I feel great. You know, we're sitting together to talk about something that has made international news. Julie Black made the decision. It was a small decision with large implications to change one word in Canada's national anthem as she was given the incredible platform to sting that national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game, Salt Lake City, Utah. And I want to talk about why you made that decision. And I also want to talk about the ripple effect that's happened since you made that decision. You changed the word, our, our home on native land. And I, I, I feel like it goes without saying, many people know the history, but don't understand why that word change was so, um, I guess, important for you to make at that day and that time. Why don't you tell me a little about that? Yeah, so it, been, it had been about three years since I performed the anthem. Um, after all that was happening with residential schools and recovering of many children's bodies, indigenous children's bodies, et cetera, I, it was, I had a I was struggling to stand behind the anthem, e even as something that may seem small. Um, I have friends who are indigenous and I could feel their pain, the generational, the transgenerational pain. And so... I sat as a black woman of Jamaican descent, descendants of slaves, all the things, but I don't feel that. I actually don't feel the pain of my ancestors in that way. And I, I might get in trouble by the black community for saying that. But no, you, know, I I, you can speak your truth. That's good to know and good to hear. Like, let's be real, right? Yeah, so so, but when, my, when your friend that you talk to and you see often is sitting with like palpable pain, it makes you, for me as an empath, it makes me wonder, hmm, okay, what, what, how can I be some sort of support? What can I do? Of course, there's the education. I'm listening. I'm learning. There's three things I said to say, listen, learn, and take action. The action part is what I didn't, I didn't really know what I could do. Four years ago, almost, they put me forward to do the anthem for the Raptors finals. Mm. And everybody was hype. All right, let's go. Yeah. Raptors, about to win this. Julie, you're going to sing this. And so I was hype. And what I realized, Jamar, is that I was hype kind of for self-serving reasons if I were to be transparent. It was like, this is the big stage. I'm an artist. I'm an independent artist. The world's going to see me, maybe get some more spins and, you know, move down that road. The universe would have it that that didn't happen. There was a pause. In that pause, I was sent on assignment to do Carolina Change. I was sent to do theater. <laughs> and so fast forward four years later, almost right before Christmas, like days before an email comes in. We'd love it if Julie Black would do the Canadian anthem for the NBA All-Star break. What? Bef this is before LeBron hit that shot. This is, all, you know, so this is all pre. Yeah. And so I sat with the lyrics I'm like, okay. And all of us uh, command was changed in 2018. Had to get, get with the program. 
no choice. I can go ahead and keep singing in all thy sons command. It's in all of us command. Fine. Now I sit with indigenous friends and this whole thing about whose land it is and truth and reconciliation is happening. And still I don't really understand all of it, but I'm getting to know it. Mm-hmm. And as this, as a songwriter, when I was practicing because they said no music, they want you to acapella. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Not a guitar player, not even a piano player, which is mm-hmm. part of my comfort zone. So I went back to six-year-old Julie, Julie in church. Mm-hmm. This is going to be you and you and you and the microphone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm practicing. And as it's coming out of my face, I've always, it felt strange singing, singing our home and I'm like, what do you mean this and? Like, it's like an afterthought. Yeah. And I've been doing the work on self-discovery and how to live a meaningful life. Mm-hmm for many, many years. And this it's its a practice, it's a daily practice. Yeah. And as I, I practiced and I did a voice note on WhatsApp and I sent it to Roy Perot, uh, who's on my team and a good friend of mine who's indigenous. Mm-hmm. Other friend, Selena Young, who's indigenous. And I said, okay, I gotta stop there because if I take too much of a census, then it's becoming a thing that I don't wanna have to negotiate. I often say it will silence the negotiator, right? Yeah. And I just did it, put it away. And as Sunday was approaching, in soundcheck, I didn't, I actually sang um, Our Home End in soundcheck. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends who was, who was there, Tashan, he said, you might want to actually sing it out your face. You might want to sing the on mm-hmm. before you go live. And I'm like, okay, you know what? The second run, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment, oh, I just felt it again. Yeah. I just looked through the lens and I felt something. Yeah. And if, even now I feel the emotion. And I also realized like, man, I'm representing the black community. I'm representing boldness, courage. I'm representing my parents who migrated to Canada and settled. We are settlers. Yeah. And I think sometimes that whole settlers thing is tied to white people right away. But we're all settlers really. In 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 that context, we all just up in here and up in someone's crib, right? Right. <laughs> like realistically by different circumstances, but yes. Correct. Wow. You know, I, I want to talk about this negotiation you said, and I relate to that. You know, as a Black Jamaican-American in Canada, myself, on a platform like this, like yourself, on these platforms, and this is something that our white counterparts need to understand. We are counter- constantly negotiating how we feel with what we say, how we seem, with how we sound, <laughs> you know, how we look with how you see us. And it's all this negotiation that weighs so heavy on the mental. Julie, no one knows what you're going through more than me, because I, I feel it too. Mm. And I also want to, you know, stop and say the empathy piece. You know, I am not indigenous, but when I first started understanding what was happening in this community, in this country, I literally was losing sleep. Mm. Yeah, Julie, I would go to bed with my four-year-old son. I'd rub his head. I'd kiss his forehead, rub his back, kiss his neck. And I'd be like, how many of these children, tender little children, were not given this opportunity? Their lives were snatched, brutalized. And, you know, let's just talk about the numbers. Hmm. 6,000 children, that's a modest number they're estimating right now. 6,000 children missing, dead. Even up till today, when we're doing this interview, Julie, I'm looking up, they're now finding another Indian residential school in Port Albany, BC. That is yes, that is today's news. 17 more unmarked graves. 
I don't know what other community could have suffered this many losses mm. and people be upset with the changing of just one word in a song and not as upset about this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. The, pri the priorities are all types of out of place. The Canadian National Anthem is going to be okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's going gonna, it's gonna to sleep tonight. The Canadian National Anthem will live on, but these children are dead and this community is still grappling and fighting for reconciliation. Yeah. Truth and reconciliation. There's no reconciliation without truth. And that's that the people, this is the thing. It's like, we are laying in the pages of history. Mm -hmm. History that wasn't taught to us. Mm -hmm. History that, you know, I think about, about the history and I think about destiny. Mm -hmm. And we have an opportunity right now to write the destiny differently, mm -hmm. right? Than it has been. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm just happy that I, I'm happy that I, I'm happy that I did it. So what is, what is the uh, reaction from the com the community, your friends, people uh, of indigenous uh, heritage? What, what are they saying? How do they feel about what was done? Oh my goodness. Everybody's definitely happy and proud. Um, but the, my main thing is getting the love and support from the indigenous community. I mean, when I tell you, say they're rallying behind me, you see? Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. and, and I, I talk, I've been talking about this whole BIPOC thing, Black Indigenous people of color, mm -hmm. where for me, not until Sunday, as much as I have Indigenous friends, we're kind of like, we kind of speak about our own plight. Well, this is what the Black, what I'm going through as a Black person. Well, this is what we're going through as Indigenous people. And this, mm -hmm. and the people of color, we don't, they don't even talk to us. It's a whole other thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, but for once in my life, I could say, you know what, Julie? Rather than sit and complain and ask, hey, where's the help? Where's the help? I'm going to be the change. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to be a bridge. This is permanent. This has been on my arm since 2017, this permanent bridge. And that bridge on, on your tattoo, tell us what that means. This is my lot in life to be a connector. Bridges bring you from one place to the next. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. I didn't know how or when, but I knew that, okay, after my mom passed, I was like, okay, you know what, Julie? Mm -hmm. Mom showed me how to how to be in the community and not do anything for shine. She would say, "What's what you do in private will be rewarded in public." Now this wasn't private, but I decided in private. Wow. You know, I didn't go up and put a poll on Instagram and say, "What do you think?" You know what I mean? Well, let's talk about that bridge that you created. This was not a planned interview. We didn't have this planned, Julie. And this is actually the first time you and I we've talked tons of times off camera, backstages chopped it up as, you know, brother and sister, but like, this is the first time that we've been on a platform together speaking about this. So that is the bridge you created. Mm. Now we're talking. I didn't, this was not my plan. I'm supposed to be at the gym right now. <laughs> like, but after Julie, sister Julie went on international television and brought the conversation back to the forefront, I said, let's have the conversation. Mm. And I think, you know, even now as um, truth and reconciliation is being negotiated in the government and stuff, it needs to be, forefront of the conversation and it needs to not be an afterthought it needs to be a forethought and i think what you did the decision you made is part of that process of making sure that people remember that we have to know the truth before we can get true reconciliation mm, thank you uh, you know how remember we've been talking about when are we gonna when are we gonna talk you're like you, we've been talking you're like yo anytime but if we were at the right we just left it yeah yeah well you know uh the energy came together and the bridge was created mm -hmm. because of the decision you made which i am am so uh i don't know it was just very emotional because for me also i've grappled with where is my place in all this as a person of color as someone who 
has empathy for the situation and for change, where do I, where do, where's my voice in all of this? And I think someone like you as a leader, Julie, mm. speaking up and having the courage in the face of the detractors and the, and the haters to do this gives even people like myself a little bit more energy to be like, yeah, that's how you do it. Wow. And it has to be done. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm dead ass with you right now. Like this is like, I'm so, so, so happy that you did what you did, even though it must have been very hard. It was, it was scary. Um, I wasn't scared about like cancel culture or any of that, mm -hmm. but it was just like, I never want people to think it's for any other reason than the reason why I did it. Mm -hmm. So it's not self-serving, mm -hmm. but then you go through like, you can't please everyone, you know? And I know why. And I got the blessings from my friends and the, and I'm just, I'm the community. I just did a 30 minute interview uh, with a, a radio station on a reserve. And that's like, that, that blows my mind. That makes me so happy to be able to be an amplified voice, you know? And creating these links because our communities actually need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk and discuss and figure out allyship because it, you know, you know, people of color, would, uh, let's just talk about black Canadians in general. It was a 13% uh, or even less than that. Maybe, what's the percent of the, of the country? It's, it's small. small. You know, so when we're talking about people who are trying to figure out who our allies are in the fight for equal rights, we got to talk, <laughs> you know? So, you know, you letting the indigenous community know that like, I'm here, I hear you, uh, and I, I'm ready to, to speak uh, alongside you is important. Very, very important. And there's so much work, the prison system, clean running water. I couldn't imagine turning on my tap and, and, and dirt coming out. You know what I mean? Like these are the things, these are the things that I think too few of us think about. Mm -hmm. We're so comfortable in knowing we have hot water, we have food, mm -hmm. we have gas in our car. Just so, just so spoiled mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Mm -mm. No, I, I'm not taking any of this for granted. You know, what, what do we do next? I'd like to know what do we do next? Because the work is still being done. Like I said, even up until today, they're still finding unmarked graves. This is not history. This is like today news. What do you suggest, you know, people who actually care do next? That's a great question. Um, I, uh, lately I've been saying what's next is what's now. So like what you mentioned, like this is what's happening now. Are we on the mm -hmm. pulse? Do we know what's actually happening in real time? Because mm -hmm. when people like to know that someone cares. Yeah. I think sometimes to get super scholastic with it. Yeah. It's that we lose the point. Yeah. Like compassion, empathy. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. Acknowledgement, right? And and oftentimes we just need to listen. Yeah. Just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, this is a time where, look, we don't see black squares anymore. We barely see orange squares anymore on socials. I don't want it to be that thing. Right. right. And then as black people, I also, I need to still keep in mind that I, I represent and I'm a part of a community that is highly disenfranchised and systemically we're going through our own things. Right. So it's not some, let me jump over here and do this. This was the right thing at the right time. And I'm willing to stand back. Like they, they're talking about creating this bill. The government's starting to chirp, but it cannot be the Julie Black bill. Mm -hmm. Not at all. <laughs> but 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 you've kept it in the conversation because it would have been yesterday's news had we not remind them that we are still aware. <laughs> and I think small gestures like what you did do that. So what was the rest of the All-Star experience like for you after singing the anthem? You know, um, 
I know a lot of Americans don't actually know the Canadian national anthem, so I'm not even sure if they realized yeah. the change you made. What what happened the moments after that? Uh, well, the, uh, everybody was. It's so funny being new in <laughs> being a, a new artist in that space. Right, right, right. Uh, right. Um, it was nice to see people definitely celebrating, celebrating me, selling, celebrating the job that I did. You know, even Rick Ross videotaped, like Rick Ross, Rick Ross videotaping the anthem. The boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it was nice to the, the the NBA is white glove. Like they treated, they treat LeBron and Burner Boy and Julie the same way. Like that, wow. it was white glove treatment. Mm -hmm. And I have to give them props on that. I didn't feel some like some subordinate, like I'm just doing this little anthem for this little country. No, 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 no. It was super fun. And everyone was, like, we're at the same hotels and it's just fun. It was fun. It was like grown up summer camp. It was like, I don't know, it was just great. At, at what point after the performance did you realize that people had noticed that there was a change to the song? The next day. I had no oh, idea. Oh, really? A whole, a whole day later? A whole day later. I was on my phone. I was so hungry. I didn't want to eat arena food. I'm trying to keep my health up. Right? And so, um, not till the next day. Wow. And when I, interviewed, I had to do an interview at the airport. I was like, what? Why? What's going to be? You're, you're trending. I thought the people told me I was trending about the, the announcer because he, he he stammered in the beginning. Right, right, right because he was out there slaying. Because <laughs> she came out there looking like a snack. <laughs> crazy. Memes are crazy. The memes are crazy. It's awesome. It's awesome. Right? So I had to kind of reground myself because I, I I did the thing, mission accomplished. I was happy with the, I was happy I was able to connect. I knew I made the connection, but I was like, okay. And it was, it's, you know. Wow, wow, incredible, incredible. Well, I do also want to take a moment and tell you, like I told you before off camera, but I'll tell you right now, three rocks and a slingshot is on a heavy rotation on my Spotify. This is Julie Black's uh, brand new album. Yeah. If you haven't medsed it yet, you get need to meds that album because it's full of soulful messages, great writing, awesome musicality. Definitely taking that Julie Black, three rocks and a slingshot. And just listen, thank you for continuing to be a voice for people in this country. Oh, wow. You know, when you say the name Julie Black in certain circles, you get a lot of reactions. You go, oh yeah, that's my girl. And you go, you also get the, oh, her, what is she gonna say today? But I know what that means. Ah, those people don't even matter. I know what that means, Julie. And I like when I hear that because it means you're talking. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you. And legend, legends with your platform need to be heard. And, and we, we, we appreciate what you have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I loaded up my my slings, my three rocks on Sunday. I tell you that. I didn't even realize. Someone said it to me just before I came on here. Like, you know, did you think that that was the Goliath that you were going to be taking down? I was like, whoa. People were really thinking this through. I said, I didn't, I didn't think about that. But hey, I had some courage, so I put that in my slingshot. Big up yourself, Julie. Yeah? <laughs> and he, as he comes with the yard pack. Big up yourself. <laughs> Big up yourself, sister. Big up Julie Black, the legend of Canada. Thank you so much oh. for taking the time to talk. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Be good. Take care of yourself. iHeartRadio. Black excellence.